0: Hello friends, this is Chris Willis and I'm here to introduce a special episode of the Battery Power Podcast. The MLB draft will get underway this Sunday and tonight we have Garrett Spain, Matt Powers and special guest Eric Cole set for a preview show. Stay tuned because we'll have plenty of coverage from the big event including daily podcast recaps for all three days of the draft.
1: Hello, everybody. My name is Garrett Spain. I am the minor league editor at Battery Power. Today, we're going to be talking about the MLB draft uh, that's coming up this weekend, and I have a couple of my uh, longtime buddies here along with me. Uh, First, I'll go over to Matt Powers. Matt's been our draft guru since 2016, I believe, and is a guy we really rely on this time of the year. He pretty much knows everybody. If you've thrown a pitch in a high school game in the last 10 years, he probably knows your name. Uh, Matt, how are you tonight? I'm good. It's an exciting time of the year getting to talk draft. Yeah, uh, you can follow Matt on Twitter at MattPowers31. Also joining us, our special guest is Eric Cole. He was the former minor league editor and deputy site manager at Battery Power. He ran the Road to Atlanta podcast, of course, for a long time. But he took over the house that Hank built at Fansided this past winter and recently took a job covering... More general MLB
0: stuff for fans cited. Uh Eric, Eric, how are you, buddy? And how is the new job been? Like? Hey guys, it's good to hear from you. It's good to hear your voices. Got to hear Kurt. Uh, got to hear Chris before the podcast too. That's been fun. Uh, it's been going really, really well. It's been it's certainly been an adjustment. I've been doing kind of the brave side of things for a long, long time. Uh, And I honestly, you know, there's been pluses and minuses, right? Like on the one hand, I don't necessarily need to be intimately involved with every detail of every Braves game, uh, including on the minor league side anymore. But so, you know, that's led to some kind of earlier nights in a lot of ways, but at the same time, kind of getting up to speed with a bunch of other different MLB teams and kind of having to write a little bit differently in terms of kind of, you know, just it's different goals, right? So it's been a lot of fun to be sure. Uh, Been very, very busy Uh, having your first month basically be peak trade season has uh, been a bit of an adventure but other than that i've been having a good time with it and you know but i'm also really glad to kind of get the chance to talk to the draft about the draft with you guys
1: yeah absolutely i'm really happy you're here i um, i was you were the first person i reached out to and really wanted to have you on uh, eric is on twitter at Leprechaun, Leprechaun with the k l e p r k h a n um assuming twitter is still alive by the time this goes up uh this year's really yeah, it's, to- it's
0: 50-50 it's 50-50 <laughs> whether or not that's true
1: Yeah. Uh, The years have gone by really fast. I mean, I was, you know, I kind of looked up and I'm like, Oh, it's July. We got to really get on this draft stuff. Uh, The draft is going to be this Sunday, July 9th. It starts at 7 p.m. on ESPN. Uh, And that's going to go. The first round is going to be the first two. The first day is going to be the first two rounds of the draft along with compensation rounds. And then day two is going to start Monday at 2 p.m. That's going to cover your rounds three through 10. And then day three is going to be the same time Tuesday. And that's going to cover the last 10 rounds of the draft. Now, Last year, the draft went very slow. Hopefully, it speeds up a little bit this year. I'm not confident in that. So, if you're really only interested in the Braves picks, you can probably check in like 9, 9 15 because they don't pick until 24. Uh, the joy of being a very good team is that you're going to pick very late. And so, they're not going to pick till 24th overall. Then, they're going to have the 59th overall pick in the second round, as well as the 70th overall pick, which is the compensation for Dansey Swanson leading in free agency. Uh that's I believe the last pick of the draft. So it's gonna be a late night for me and Matt. But we're looking forward to it. It's gonna be very exciting. The Braves have a little bit over eight million dollars in bonus pool to use on picks this year. Uh that's the ninth lowest total in the league. But if you really want to get a little bit more in depth into that, uh I will I had a draft primer that went up beginning of June and I will post that in the post on battery power that this podcast goes into. If you want to click on that and learn a little bit more of that, but we're going to just go ahead and jump into what we really wanted to talk about. And I wanted to start out with mock drafts and kind of the projections. Because it seems like the general consensus is the Braves are looking at or being projected to take a high school hitter or a hitter in general. But most of the projections have been high school hitters in the first round. Uh, now, in past years, projections have gone not even closer. To they never pick anyone. They rarely pick anyone that's projected to them. They do their own thing and they don't leak very much. But It seems that there's a strong push towards that this year. And so I kind of want to talk to everybody. I mean, when you look at the draft, I'll start with Matt here. When you look at the draft and you look at what's going to be available at 24, is that where you think the Braves should and will go? And do you think that they're probably going to stay in and around slot? Or do you think that this looks like a year where it could be smart to go under slot and try to spread that money around?
2: Well, I think it is going to be smart to target a hitter. I mean, if you look at nothing other than draft rankings for the area around where the Braves pick, it's nothing but hitters. I mean, you'll see Hurston Waldrup from Florida uh, as probably the top pitcher who has a chance to be there. He doesn't. He's not likely to be there, but he's not a perfect fit for what the Braves like. Beyond him, there's Thomas White, who does not fit at all with the Braves like with his command issues and the fact he's going to be a very high-priced player. Um, Other than that, you're looking at maybe reaching a little bit for a Charlie Soto or potentially a Bryce Eldridge, who is viewed as more of a hitter or a two-way guy. But other than those names right there, it's hitters. So... That's what the Braves are projected to be looking at as the best player on the board at that point. So it just makes so much sense that they're going to draft a hitter, whether they intended to draft hitter or pitcher ahead of time, not looking at the board. I don't think that even matters just based on what's going to be there. I don't think it's we want a hitter this year, so we're going to take a hitter. It's more of a hitter's the best thing available, so we're just going to take a hitter. So I think that's most likely the direction that we're going to see this year.
1: Right. And Eric, I mean, do you feel the same way? And is there really anybody in particular in that area that seems to stand out for you?
0: So this is kind of, I'll actually go a step further than Matt, because I think he's 100% right that just how the way that the first round is going to break down, it's that, you know, it's kind of who's going to be there is just going to be hitters more likely, and it's very likely to be a prep bat. Uh, and that's what I've heard. I've I've been, you know, I, uh, despite the fact that I am I am not in full exile from Braves, uh, Bravesland, I still have you know have have some had some discussions with some folks that would know, and all the names I've heard have been prep bats this spring. And I'll actually go one step further than that. I think that this pitching class is terrible, like truly bad. Um, I, I I like Charlie Soto, okay, but like Thomas White has had really kind of an up and down spring, and like Bryce Eldridge, if you're gonna pick him, he's gonna be a hitter, and I don't think I even like him there because I think there's too much risk reward there. I mean if he, if he hits his upside, Bryce Eldridge is like probably one of the better players in the draft because he's built he's just so big that if he kind of hits what he could be, he's like a 40 home run plus guy. But and I don't see him as an arm. And as a result, you just look at like guys like Thomas White, I mean maybe mean I don't think I'm, I'm I'm with Matt. I don't think Walter falls that far. And I know that the Braves were in on arms this spring, and all of them either got hurt or just had really down springs and are either heading to college or are going to be picked later in the draft. And it's kind of put them in a weird spot. It's that, you know, they, they don't feel like that the guys that they like to pick, spend first round picks on, are going to be there at twenty four. Um, A couple names that I like that I'm pretty sure they've just been mentioned enough to to the Braves that, you know, I feel like kind of comfortable saying that they're at least on the Braves radar. Uh, Colt Emerson is one. I'm a little bit skeptical that he'll fall that far. He has to mean, if you just look at like more recent mocks, he's going a few, a, a couple picks higher than that, but he's a guy that, you know, kind of fits that profile of a guy who can like hit, has a lot, can defend his position. I mean, maybe he's not a shortstop, but I'm maybe I'm a little bit more bullish on that than others. I really like Kevin McGonagall personally. Uh, I think he's just a guy who can flat out hit. And, you know, again, if he makes it there, he'd be interesting beyond that though. Like in terms of standing out, I, I, I think that's the the biggest thing that the Braves have to do is to figure out who falls to him. Cause like, I'm not a big Sammy Steffera guy, but there's a chance that, you know, uh, the, the catcher that's, uh, that's frankly, shouldn't make it this far, but would um, the 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 prep uh, catcher whose name is escaping me at the moment, um, he, if he falls, I would really like for the Braves to try to take him, but that may not happen. So they just have to kind of see who kind of falls in their lab. I don't anticipate it being a in, anticipate it being a pitcher though. Now I will say the only player that I will riot and it, again he in the most recent mock from Pipeline this ends up happening, and I just I will riot if it happens is if Enrique Bradfield falls. And he falls past the Braves, that's just a mistake. That guy can flat out hit. And while he has kind of a weird tool set where he's like, you know, an 80 runner and, you know, probably a gold glove center fielder, if he's, if if that guy gets past the Braves at 24 somehow, uh, I just think that that's kind of just a mistake.
1: Right. And I, I, I think in general, we are kind of seeing it's weird because in the past years, the back of the draft has always been really pitchers. And this year, it's very hitter strong. And that probably works in the Braves' favor because there's not a lot of depth in the system overall. When you look at really especially shortstops, which it seems like a lot of the players there are prep shortstops. I think in a normal year, if the Braves got a prep shortstop in the first round, given where the system stands right now, I would be extremely happy with that simply because it fills a gap that the system really just doesn't have. And really, even up to the major league level, there's not a long-term option there. Braves tend to go athletic when they're looking at hitters. They favor the athleticism and those power numbers over there, and so there are a number of shortstops in that area that you look at and you say, "Okay, are they going to stick it short?" But the Braves haven't been afraid of that in the past. You know, they gave up pretty good bonus to Vaughn Grissom. They took Braden Shoemaker in the first round. I know Matt. I know Matt's chewing his teeth over there over that one. But it, it's a there's a lot of players that seem to fit what the Braves would want to do there, and I think it it's a favorable draft for them even though they're down at 24 it seems like it's a favorable draft for them to really get a player that they can develop into a player that can really fit a weakness in the system I do want to know though I mean ideal pick like the guy that you would want to slide to the Braves at 24 who is that I know a guy that I really like you know Blake Mitchell was the one that Eric mentioned there I believe that's the catcher you were talking about Blake Mitchell and there were, yep, that was him. I just, I, <laughs> I knew it was Blake. I couldn't remember his last name to save my life. Right. And there were a couple of mock drafts that have him sliding that low. So th- that's a very strong possibility. Uh, another one that was sliding was Aiden Miller. That's a big power bat. And obviously, the Braves would take a power bat in the first round if they had that opportunity. I mean, I'll ask Matt kind of if there was a guy in that 10 to 20 range that slid, who would you really think could slide? And who would you be interested in seeing come down to 24? four? From four.
2: The guy I'd most want to see come down is probably the guy that has the least chance of doing it, Arjun Namala, the shortstop from Florida. I mean, that kid has all the tools to really be a special player. Uh, High risk, but definitely high upside. I don't think he'll be there, but I think he's probably the highest guy on most rankings where there's a non-zero chance he's there. But if we're looking at more realistic targets, I, I guess I'd have to say, Aiden Miller's probably the highest name on my board that I want. Outside of those guys, uh, maybe a guy like a McGonagall, but uh, Johanny Morales. There isn't a lot separating most of these guys, which works in the Braves' favor, since even some of these guys, other than maybe a Namala or uh, Miller, there's really not much separating them. So if you miss on one of them and not being there you're not going to get a player that's significantly far off that player. So that works out in their favor. If
1: you look even back to last year's draft and down into the seventh round, you had a guy like Adam Meyer who got a big bonus there. And they've done that in the past few years. You know, they did it with AJ. Jason Schaubert, giving them saving a lot of money to the mid rounds of the draft, but it's been a lot of going over slot on pitchers. A lot of guys that are injured. And like Eric mentioned, I don't know... There were, if Eric's saying that there were guys that they were looking at in the first round that could potentially slide, that could be an option and they could go that direction. But there's still going to be a lot of guys that it seems like a lot of the pitchers in that range that are interesting tend to be prep arms, which then you're buying them out of, out of a college commitment. And that's a whole other load of stuff to deal with. But I kind of want to know I'll, I'll talk to Eric here about the mid rounds of the draft, past that second round, past that comp round. Do you? think that there's depth here and do you think the has there anything is there anything that you've heard from the breaks as to whether you think that they're going to tend to go stay on the hitting train towards the middle rounds or maybe look at going over slot on pitchers
0: I think it's more likely that they load up on pitchers I think part of the problem is that in last year's draft there's guys that they like that they got from that draft but there's also like a like a big grouping of those like lower minors types guys that haven't really tr- amounted to much if that makes any sense and there's just not enough arms in the lower levels to kind of keep things going. I mean, you look, I mean, this isn't necessarily one's fault. J.R. Richie got hurt. Owen Murphy has been pitching pretty well, but we still haven't seen Cole Phillips really doing much. And, you know, when you have, you know, other guys just getting hurt or, you know, not really showing out very much, I think what's more likely to happen is that on day one, I, I think it's almost a mortal luck that they pitch pick a, a hitter in the first round. I wouldn't be shocked if they go first and second picks hitters and then maybe trying to do sign a pitcher with their third pick that comp pick but beyond that i think they're going to be trying to load up on pitchers because when you get into that kind of that round three through ten range where you're trying to get guys who will sign so that you don't lose that slot and that give you some level of certainty to kind of you know fill out the minor league ranks It's just a little bit easier to do that either with overslot picks on on prep pitchers, or to go after older, just older pitchers in general from the college ranks that don't want to go back to school. Now we've seen them do that do things differently. I mean they've they went overslot with Tyler Collins. Other there's been other picks, uh, especially early on day two, where they've been they've found a guy who they really liked. And I wouldn't be shocked if, like, they found a hitter, you know, in that third, fourth round range that they wanted to give maybe an overslot bonus to. But I think it's more likely that the bulk of those picks are going to be pitchers on day two, day three. I mean, that's where you know the scouting department really makes their money in terms of being able to, you know, find you know diamonds in the rough, you know, the Nacho Alvarez's of the world and things like that to you know project out and you know give one hundred twenty five, one hundred fifty thousand dollars to. That doesn't really cost much in the way of bonus pool. And, you know, then you can kind of take some chances there. But I think that the Braves are going to want some certainty. I could see some college arms. I can even see some college relievers getting picked in that 3 to 10 range just to kind of, you know, fill the ranks out and kind of keep the pipeline moving. Whereas, whereas you know, last year it just seems like right now they maybe were picked, went a little too risky and got bitten for it. So my guess is is that, and just again, kind of from what I've heard, is that they just they want some more depth in the, the lower-level minors. And to kind of get some guys who they at least will think will be something, and if they do that, that'd be, you know, that that would go really really well for them. So I think that overall in that day two range, my guess is that we're going to see a good number of pitchers pick on day two.
1: That sounds good. And I'll kind of ask Matt. I mean, are there guys in that day two day three range that really stood out for you? Just individual players that you like?
2: I mean, the first name that really stood out to me as a guy that's a potential Braves target between their penchant for liking players from this school and their willingness to overlook a guy with an injury would be Teddy McGrath from Wake Forest, a potential first-rounder heading into this year. Went down with his second Tommy John just before the season started. So, obviously, high upside, high risk. But, I mean, Wake Forest arms definitely appeal to the Braves. He's got the talent to go much higher if he was healthy. So he's a little bit of a wild card in where exactly he'll go and what he'll sign for, especially considering it is his second Tommy John and not his first. Uh, He's one guy that just screams Braves pick. I'm sure there's going to be plenty of competition for a guy with that kind of talent. But there's a lot of pitchers left that didn't really make a jump this year that the Braves were on previously as well. A guy like a Carson Montgomery out of Florida State who back in 2020 coming out of high school was looked at as a potential first-rounder but had an extremely high bonus demand. I know the Braves were in on him. They didn't actually end up taking him, of course. Uh, Nolan McLean, now out of Oklahoma State, he's not only a two-way guy, he's a former two-sport guy. The Braves were very heavily rumored to be looking at him last year later in the draft. He went back to school, did not quite, breakout like some might have hoped still really hasn't but there's talent there i mean those are some types of guys that the braves could go after the younger brother of angels pitcher reed detmers just screams uh braves pick i mean the braves did pick reed detmers himself out of high school uh he'd probably be a little bit of an overslot guy not quite as good as his brother out of high school but a similar type of pitcher so maybe after trying to get Reed, they might take a shot at his brother who has some similar traits, or they could even go after some guys uh, like Stephen Echeveria out of New Jersey, even though he'd be slightly higher guy, uh, Jeron Watts Brown, who really has not had the season that people were hoping for, but he has a lot of traits that the Braves really seem to like. Uh, there's, a lot of pitchers like that, where in those middle, even the second round on, where they have traits that would appeal to the Braves, but they're definitely not first-day picks. So those are the kinds of pitchers that I could see the Braves loading up on.
1: Well, I think we've mostly covered the main points that I really wanted to go through today, but we're going to go through a few closing thoughts here. And I just want to get, you know, this isn't going to have anything to do with the Braves, but who do you think, the top two guys, who are the Pirates going to take it first overall? Uh, I'll start with Aaron.
0: Um, I think that the problem is that Dylan Cruz is probably the best prospect in the draft, but there's already rumblings that he's wanting full slot at the number one pick, and I don't think the Pirates want to do that. <laughs> I think that they want to be able to save a little bit of money there, but the problem is is that if you pass up on Cruz and Paul Skeens, like, you've really kind of wasted like this particular draft, because the top five guys in this draft are very, very good. There's a lot of drafts that we've covered together where any of these guys could have been number one picks in those drafts. And, you know, there's five of them in this one, right? So I think what's likely to happen is that either they'll pick Paul Skeens and he might not go full, full slot. I don't think he's going to be much cheaper than that, but I think he'll be a little bit less than that. Or they'll go with like Max Clark. The, the prep bat and try to save a bunch of money and then try to make a do a bunch of overslot signs. Those are kind of the two guys. My guess is Paul Skeens is because, like, a pitcher like that. I mean, like, he might be able to get to the big leagues this year. You know, he's just kind of that level of talent and that level of rating. If, if the Pirates were in contention in like late in the year, they could just call that guy up and he would be among their best pitchers, if not their best pitcher right now. So that's my guess. I think that Cruz is going to fall to probably number two. I don't think he gets. mean, I don't think he gets out of the top three. I think that after that, it's kind of getting nuts. But I think that the problem is that his monetary demands are so high at the moment, and maybe that changes. Right? Maybe he decides he's willing to take a bit less. But right now, it sounds like even though Cruz should be the overall, the first overall pick. I mean, we've seen the Pirates do this with Henry Davis before, and you know, et cetera, et cetera. I think it's more likely they'll try to save a little bit more money at number one. And in which case, my guess is either Paul Skeens or Max Clark. It just kind of depends on how much money they want to save.
2: Matt, agree or disagree? I completely agree. Uh, What I've heard on Cruz is not even so much just money, but he really does not want to play in Pittsburgh in general, in addition to the money. So I think his bonus demands for them are higher than they would even normally be with another team so i just have a hard time seeing them taking him and i've heard rumors that they're out on him so uh i'm actually not even going to lean towards schemes uh who i think if you're not going to pick Cruz for valid reasons he should be the pick but i'm thinking that they're sounding like they're really looking into the prep options to save some money And Clark just seems like the guy, but I don't think they're 100% set on Clark being the guy. I've heard them even link to some guys further down the board, like even Namala, who I brought up. So they're a bit of a wild card, and I think they'll most likely end up settling in on Clark or if not him schemes. But I think they could still go in a bunch of different directions at this point because they're not set, and it's going to be significantly based on money.
1: I mean, I I think if I were picking there, you know, talking about the money with Cruz, I'd probably go skiing. Uh, But obviously the Pirates are you never really know what they're going to do there. Uh, I want to kind of look at the second round and just kind of get one player each that we kind of like in the second round. I know he may not even go in. He may even go later. But a guy that I like that I've been looking into is Ty Pete. Uh, He is out of Georgia and he's a really athletic player. It's a guy that Braves tend to. That's a kind of profile the Braves tend to look at, though I don't know if they go that risky in the second round, comp round type of range. But he's a guy that, athletically speaking, I think could provide a ton of upside without really, even with your risk, you're not going out and throwing a first round pick at that type of guy while still getting the chance of a very, very good starter. Uh, I'll go back to Matt. Is there a guy you kind of like for that second round?
2: Yeah, I brought him up before slightly, but a kid out of New Jersey just really screams out a guy that I would love to see the Braves pick. Steven Echeverria, uh, younger for the class, upper 90s. He's got uh, potentially three plus pitches if everything really works out. 6'1", one, 180, the fastball spider change, up potentially all end up being plus pitches. He has very good command as well, which should be above average. So, he would definitely be a guy I'd be paying close attention to. Um, and it, I just want to throw out one other name who I don't really think is a true second round pick alone based on talent, but uh, Cole Carrick at the San Diego State is just one guy who I can't not mention. I mean, this kid is a legitimate catcher slash shortstop slash center field. When do you see that profile on anyone? I mean, he's never going to be a. Uh, power guy but he's got a, a plus run and an above average hit tool so he's definitely a guy i'm very interested to see where he goes
1: yeah i don't know if you know the phrase the Braves will even go away from a power bat even that but i guess eric who would you look at in the second round you know obviously it's kind of hard to predict not really knowing if they're going slot or under slot in the first round but who would you kind of look at
0: yeah, it's tough, right? I think that there's a world where a guy like Brock Wilkin uh, out of Wake Forest that maybe teams are so low on like his, uh, his difficulties with hitting breaking balls and his defense pushes him to the second round. I don't think that's likely. Frankly, he'd be a guy that I would be very interested in in the first round. So my guess is that the bat's probably a little bit too good to make that happen. So if I'm looking at like guys who probably fit in that second-round range, uh, the one name that stands out to me is the shortstop from Nebraska, uh, Bryce, Bryce Matthews. This has a lot of tools, does a lot of things really, really well. And as a result, I I, I would like that level of, like, athleticism and feel for hit out of, like, a, se- a second-round pick. That That's kind of where my head is. The, the, the issue is just kind of how the Braves are going to choose to manage their bonus pool. You know, because, again, if there's a guy that is, like, hurt at the moment and, you know, they really want to kind of pull on an overslot deal or something like that then you know maybe you go after a, a guy like that with this pick but i think it's more likely that they'll just kind of do something more cute with their third their third pick and just kind of see who's falling and see if they can convince them to take a deal as opposed to doing it there but i mean again like if if i'm pointing at one guy i think it would probably be Bryce Matthews is my is just kind of where my head is there's just a lot of directions they can go but even if you kind of look on that 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 day two range None of these arms are enticing to me at all. They're just they're just not that interesting to me. Um and I think that with the Braves kind of taking last year to go a little bit riskier between the prep arms they took and the hurt guys that they took, I think it's more likely that we'll like see kind of like college bats, maybe some established college arms uh, be kind of the focus of their strategy at least until, you know the the talent is just too much to pass up on. But overall, Mike, that's kind of where I think. and, Honest, be honest, like, where the Braves pick in the second round, I don't think Mike Matthews is going to be there anyway. So I it's going to be kind of an interesting situation is kind of how they kind of craft these day one picks.
1: And Eric, do you think the Braves are going to sign all 21 of their picks this year? Last year they signed all 22, and it kind of seems like the theme now that the draft is shortened, but just make sure that you're signing it.
0: Yeah, I think that they have operations in place to kind of just make sure that whenever they pick somebody, they're going to sign them. Uh, I think that they want that depth. I don't think that they'll just take a chance on a guy not signing and, you know, if that like negotiations before they pick them, if they're just, if they're not sure, they're just going to move on to someone else. I think it's more, much more likely what's going to happen is that they'll have kind of, okay, you'll take this. If we, if we'll we'll pay you X, will you take it? If we pick you here, if the answer is yes, they'll pick them. If no, they'll move on to someone else. I don't think it's going to be any any more complicated than that. I don't think they're going to try to take any chances on the guy not signing, especially especially the first two days I think there's zero chance they'll pick a guy in the first two days they don't sign maybe it's possible that one of the really late you know 19th 20th round picks or something like that doesn't sign but my guess is they'll be able to sign all of them
1: okay so we got one more thing to go over and we'll just kind of close out the podcast with I think the thing that everyone wants to hear who is your prediction for the Braves to take at 24th overall I'll start with Matt I
2: guess I'm gonna have to go with Walker Martin, uh, just a name that I've heard the Braves connected to a lot, a guy who I think is probably going to be there. So I I just have to go with him. A lot of the other names that I've seen them connected to, I think are either going to be gone before they're up or might be a little less interesting to them than Martin, who uh, is just a guy I get a sense they really like.
1: And Eric, what are your
2: predictions?
0: My guess is that it's going to be Colt Emerson. But again, he's a guy that could go a little bit earlier. So I'm not going to be like shocked or even like heartbroken if it doesn't happen because there's a lot of guys in that range that have, like you said, very similar talent levels. Kind of in that, once you get past like the 15th pick, you know, number 16 through 30 are very, very similar in terms of talent level. But there's just been a lot of noise around Emerson. I mean, Martin's had plenty of chatter around him too. Staffura has been another guy. You know, they've, they've been connected to Dylan Head in the past, things like that. So, like, there's a lot of options available to them. But at the end of the day, like, my, get, my gut tells me that if Colt Emerson is there, they're going to pick him.
1: That's, I mean, that's an interesting pick. I, I, it doesn't seem like he's a guy that's necessarily been projected to the Braves. And, again, the Braves don't necessarily leak a ton, So projections are not, you know, mock drafts aren't really that great. But, you know, a guy looked at a lot and I think could really fit for them would be George Lombard, Jr., just the raw power there he could potentially stick at shortstop he's a guy that's riskier, but again they've kind of taken some defensive risks and he's a guy they could has the athleticism to develop there so Lombard right now of the group is a guy that I've kind of looked at but it does seem like Martin is the guy that I've seen most connected and I mean I'm fine with Martin too I think everybody there in that range is really at a similar talent level and I don't they'd have to do something really crazy for me to sit look at 24 and go yeah I don't really like what they did there I think they're going to come away with someone that we're going to be very excited about and that's really all we have for the day um we are going to have daily recap shows after every round of the draft this year just like we did last year uh Matt will be joining us for that uh I will not be forcing er- I will not be asking Eric even to stay up until you know 2 a.m. doing a podcast about a team he doesn't really even cover full time anymore so uh, Eric I appreciate you coming on, Matt I appreciate you coming on uh, again, um, Eric uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Leprechaun with a K-L-E-P-R-E K-H-A-N Matt you can follow at Matt Powers 31 and me you can follow at Braves M-I-L-B on Twitter uh, I appreciate you guys coming on and I appreciate you all for listening and I'm really looking forward to the track. thank you